Hello, 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 everybody. I am very, very, you know, my interest is piqued for this next conversation because this is a phenomenal woman I met in Zambia. Her name is Yvonne McCarthy, and she's the president and head consultant of the Institute of Customer Service Professionals. She's the board chair of the West African Association of Customer Service Professionals. She's also an advisory board member of the Customer Experience Evolution in Africa. She's a former banker in the United Kingdom. And fun fact, she's also a Udemy instructor. And she's an all-round businesswoman extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Yvonne McCarthy. Hello, uh, hello, Yvonne. Hello, Bumi. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. But, you know, you're one of those people where we, we I remember we were sitting in Livingston, we'd start chatting and the, and the hours would just fly by. And I was like, yeah. more people need to hear our conversations. Yeah. But I want to get to know you a little bit. So we're going to kick off with a rapid fire introduction question. Are you ready? I am ready. Android or Apple? Apple, definitely. Tea or coffee? Tea. Morning or night? Night. <laughs> Sedan or SUV? Um, SUV. Um, Kindle or good old-fashioned book? Definitely Kindle. Flats or heels? Flats. Wine or beer? Wine. Dinner? Anyone dead or alive is coming? Who are you inviting and what are you serving? Oh, my God. Um, I think I'm going to invite Viola Davis. Ooh, and, and I, just, I was just watching her show now, uh, The First yeah, Lady. Yeah, because, yeah, I think um, watching her recently with opera as well, there's a lot mm. you can learn. There's, there's just a lot. I think she's, I don't want to say underrated, but she's one of those powerful black women that the spotlight somehow is casted halfway, half on. Yeah, mm. but I think her, her time's really coming. Yeah, she's one, I, I really like her. I'd invite her Have to dinner. What would we serve? Pardon? Have you read her book yet? I haven't, unfortunately, but I will very soon. Awesome. I I've I seen the book. On the page. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get that. Um, but what would I, I... I don't know. I'll serve what she wants. But I think it would be more of talking. We'll probably for, I'll probably forget to serve, to serve her because I have so, so many questions you know, to ask her. Yeah, but definitely Viola Davis. I'm, I'm inviting her to dinner. I think I might. I think I might invite myself to that dinner too. So, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, who are you? Okay. Um, you know that question is usually. It's not difficult, but when you're growing, and you're really um, metamorphosizing into like a different type of woman, it becomes difficult because you remember what you started with, and who you're becoming. But um, I like to describe myself as a very simple but deep, and it sounds like two contrasting things, right? I'm very mm. simple, but at the same time, I'm very in-depth with the way I do things. I'm a very in-depth person, um, very energetic and fun-loving, but for me, service is key. So mm. service in everything, service in um, your relationship, service with your children, service with your, your colleagues, your contemporaries, that's more important to me than anything. So. I'm a very simple but deep person, very energetic, and I eat, breathe, and sleep service in business and in my personal life. I love that. I think, you know, I went to a school called St. Mary's, and our school motto was service before self, God before all. Ah, there you go. You can't <laughs> go wrong. You really can't go wrong. You can't. You can't. So... Um, I find this fascinating. So you, you know, you had a career as a banker in the United Kingdom, earning British pounds, living your best life, 
what makes you pack up your bags, move to Accra? So I want to know your career journey. I want to know what are some of the highlights, the peaks, yeah. where it's like, Vumi, this is incredible, to some of the, yo, Vumi, this was rough. It was like a pit moment for me. Yeah. And what are some of those career lessons? Did you just see me move, like shaking my seat? Because it's, um, <laughs> yes. it, it's a story I really love to tell. And I wish mm. I could tell it more. You know, I left Ghana when I was 17. So I finished secondary school much younger than most of my mates. I finished at 16. Um, but my dad said, no, you're too young to go to England to go in school because you don't know what's going on. So I stayed in Ghana for a year and then went to London when I was 17, um, enrolled from here in a computer um, science course. So I wasn't even meant to be doing anything talky-talky. But wow. I think at the, yeah, I think at the time, computer science was like the end thing. And I just really wanted to get out of Ghana. So any subject that would make me or make it believable that I wanted to go outside and study. And I was young as well, so I don't think I put any thought into the choices that I made at the time. I just convinced my dad, I want to be a computer scientist, that's the end thing. So yes, I got to England, um, did computer science for almost two years, so I have an advanced diploma in computer science. But somewhere along the line, I realized, oh, this is a bit boring, because we're coding and QBasic and... I didn't like it. Visual basic. We're trying to draw up calculators. And I'm thinking, I like, I talk too much, Vumi. I have to do something that allows me to express myself. So I was walking in London one day, right? And I had a bank account. I'd opened a simple bank account. I, I had a job at the time. My first job was in McVitie's, working as a factory hand, packing biscuits. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I remember walking into McVitie's and I could smell the biscuits. I was like, oh my God. There's going to be a lot of biscuit eating here, but you're not allowed to actually eat the biscuits. You can just walk through and work, and then later you buy. So I started working, and I had my first paycheck. And I thought, let me just go and take out a bit of money and, a bit of money and treat myself. So I walk into the bank, and then I see an Indian lady. And she was at the counter, right? She was a cashier. And she spoke in a certain tone. And honestly, my perception of banks in Ghana, when I was in Ghana, was that, look, these people are highly qualified, they're educated, they're top-notch. And then I walk into England and see somebody who, um, for want of a better word, just looked simple, like very mm. ordinary. And she didn't speak in an English tone. She had an Indian accent. So when I got close to her, I asked her, how, and she looked really young as well. So I said, how can I get a job um, here, working here? And she says, well, do you have a CV? Do you have some type of experience? And I said, well, I don't know. I have one year experience following my dad around, but I don't know if that, that counts. She says, well, just bring in a CV. And Vumi, I had never written a CV in my life. At that time, I was 19. I'd never written a CV. So I just went online, went to copy and paste. You know, I, love I, did it. Copy, I did a copy and paste and then just put my name in there. So literally, if you look at a CV and you look at me, there was a big difference. But, mm. well, whatever, I just sent it through, they called me for an interview. And I'll tell you one thing that I, I always don't miss out in any of my trainings, respecting time. So I got to my interview two hours before. My interview around 12, I was there at around 8.30. So this oh, wow. lady who kept coming in and calling people in said, she came to me and said, why are you here? And I said, I'm here for the interview. She says, but you're too early. I said, yeah, I always want to be early because I didn't know the place. So I wanted to be sure that I was here on time. So she came back later. I think someone was late for like a few minutes. And she says, would you like me to interview you? I said, I, I don't mind. 
And guess what? I hear there were four different interviewers, and I think the other three was, were very strict because everyone that comes out of that room was a bit, mm, you know? This lady, mm. this lady was so nice. And we had a mm. conversation about Ghana and how come you speak so, you speak English so well. And I said, look, we're colonized by the British. So obviously, you know, we speak English. And we had a great conversation. She says, can you hear from us? So I actually left thinking, well, maybe she's just really nice. I left. Mm. And then just as I come out of the underground, my phone starts to beep. And I pick up the phone and she goes, Yvonne, this is so-and-so from that West. So it was not, not National Westminster Bank, not West. Wow, not West, yeah. This is so-and-so from that West. Um, I just wanted to inform you that you have the job. I started screaming because this is a bank job for a mm. small, almost 20-year-old woman who's never really done any proper job in the UK. And all of a sudden, I had that. And so I went mm. into that job as a cashier. I stayed being a cashier for just three months because I kept making myself available for opportunities. Yeah, I'll follow people mm. and ask them questions. Oh, would you like me to do a photocopy for you for those who sat in the offices? And so they started taking a liking to me. And one of them actually said to me, Yvonne, I see you want to learn. Come, sit here. So if you want to open an account, this is what you do. This is how you do your um, non-disclosure. She taught mm. me so much. And seven months down the line as a cashier, that lady wasn't at work one day. And funnily enough, the manager says, oh my God, Minu is not in. And we have about three people seated waiting to open accounts. I said, I, I actually know how to do that. She says, no, I know you usually go into her office to have a chat. I said, no, she's actually taught me. I know how to do it. She couldn't believe it. So she sent a, 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 an email to head office and says, can you set Yvonne up on this system? So they set me up and she sat and said, how do you go about it? I said, you do this, do this, do this. You check, call head office, do verification. She's like, seriously? I said, yeah. And that, that was it. I never went back to the counter. So I sat talking to people, opening accounts, verifying things in an office. And finally enough, when Minu came, I thought she was going to go, oh, you're taking over my job. She wasn't like that. She says, Yvonne, I'm so glad that you can sit in for me when I'm not around. So once in a while, I go to the cashiers, but mostly I was doing account opening. And then I decided I wanted to be a certified financial planner. So I took courses behind, I mean, no one knew I was taking courses. I was learning mm. in the evening, my eyes were red. I just had this dream of sitting in a proper office where I'm advising people because they had an FPA, which is a financial planning advisor in that particular mm. bank at that time. And the way he walks in, packs his car, you know, everyone like gives him the respect. Oh, Rob. And I'm like, I can definitely do what Rob's doing. So I had a conversation mm. with him. I said, Rob, how did you get here? And he says, you have to take a CFA with the Chartered Insurance Institute. And then he mm. goes to, this is what he says to me. He goes to me, but it's a difficult route to take. You know, it's difficult. I said, well, but you're doing it, right? And so he says, how hard can it be? No problem. Mm. So I didn't even tell him I was going to do it. I just enrolled, started taking the courses. I wrote my first exam and I failed. And I thought, oh my God, this is not easy. But I tell you what, Bumi, I failed by just two marks. So I said, mm. this is it. I can definitely do it. It's just two marks. So I completely mm. get it. So I quickly enrolled again, took the course. It's five modules, passed the first one. And I walk mm. into the bank like this with my, my suit. And I'm like, Rob, I have something to show you. At that point, Rob had also just written one module. So we're, we're on the same level. And I said, Rob, wow. check this out. And he looks at it and goes, you're joking. I said, no, I'm not. He says, did you really write this exam? I said, but whose name is on there? It's me. I wrote the exam. So 
he honestly he said to me i respect you so much because there were so many people i had met in the bank when i entered i have come from ghana i knew nothing about the, the british system mm. but i was so hungry that i did almost anything so i went on to write four more of the exams and passed so at that time i was hired on rob because rob had written just one Wow. Just one. I wrote four. Well, you know what she's saying is blowing my mind because you're teaching me one. Don't, don't despise small beginnings. Two, no, 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 ever. Be, be willing to just be hungry and ferocious and take the opportunities. And it three, takes you everywhere. Yeah. You know, there's a beautiful uh, uh, saying that they say in Yoruba in uh, Nigeria to say, you know, you don't speak when your yam is hot. You keep quiet and just button down and do what needs yes, to get done. That's it. I love that. I love that. So, so, I, so I, Rob was, was shocked when you came with he, five. Done. I was shocked. And I, I still, till now, I tell people sometimes you have to grow in secret. It's not everything you tell people. You have to be like a seed. When you're in the ground, don't speak. Because when you tell people about what you want to do, they step on you or they pour too much water on you or they starve you of water and put too much sunshine on you. Mm -hmm. So the idea dies even before you realize that you can do it. So I wasn't really saying anything to them. So I had a one-on-one one one -on -one with my, my manager and she says, Yvonne, you're doing so well, but what would you like to do going forward? It's like, we've run out of things for you. And I said, look, Rob is taking care of um, uh, Lower North London and so I want to do what Rob does. And she says, but Rob, Rob needs a lot of qualifications, you know? He's writing the CII. And I said, I have the fourth CII exam. I've taken the fourth one. That qualifies, yes. me. Yeah, that qualifies me to give advice in um, investments, in pensions, and life insurance. And she says, no, you have. And I said, yes, I have. So on my off days, those are the days I actually write the exam. That's why I fight for Saturdays. I, I come and work on Saturdays so I can have some weekdays off just so that I can, you know, slot in my exams. And she sat there for a long while and goes, no. I said, yes, you can ask Rob. So she, she says, oh, well, I would have loved to help, but I think that, you know, this job is difficult. I said, I remember her name so clearly. I said, I said, Kat, we used to call her Kathleen, but she, we called it short Kat. I said, Kat, I have proven to you, my records are good. My customers, I mean, you, you look at my retention, I make zero mistakes, I'm like on the ball. And now I'm actually overqualified for what you need to even have an advisor in your branch. I'm not asking you to position me here because Rob is already here, but I know that there are avenues in other places because this is actually a new role. Can you mm. make a recommendation for me? And she wasn't happy about that. So when I realized that I thought, I, I, I have invested in myself, I need to find a job somewhere else. So I applied to Santander, Santander Bank. So that mm. used to be called Abbey National in the UK. And they had mm. just been bought by the um, Spanish bank Santander. So I applied. I just went to an agency and said, look, I'm looking for a new job. She says, where do you work? I said, not West. She says, what do you do? I said, these are the things that I do. I brought my appraisal form. She's like, whoa, you've taken all the four CII exams? I said, yeah. She says, you've passed. She says, that's a gold mine because there are a lot of people failing these exams. Because it's a regulatory exam, and if you do not pass, you cannot advise. So mm. I go, yeah, well, there you go. So do, do whatever you can with me. So she says, what banks are you looking at? I said, look, I'm looking for a bank that will take me, and I want to learn mm. a lot. So she says, Santander is new. They've just bought Abbey National. And so they're taking in people like crazy. They really want to change the face. Because Abbey National was known for poor service in the UK at the time. And Santander obviously was a bank. And so they were coming to 
change the face. So I said, well, fine. Mm. So I leave. Three days later, she calls me and says, Yvonne, I have something for you. Like, would you be willing to go for an interview next week? Blah, blah, blah. This is the address. And when she mentioned the address, I said, this address sounds very familiar. That's the same postcode as where I live. And she says, yeah, it's at Edmonton. I said, what? But I live at Edmonton. And I said, is it the, not, is it the Santander close to um, the Subway restaurant? She says, yes. I'm like, that's two minutes away from my house. So she goes, I said, oh my God, how, how, how real is this? So I go for this interview. I learn a lot. Like I literally go in learning more. And I'm in this room with three men, three British men. Okay, there was a black guy in there, but he's, you could tell he's from Antigua, but he's born and bred in Britain anyway. So you can't even say that he's yeah. from Antigua. So they're asking me questions with their thick British accents. You know, why do you want to do this job? What do you like? They give you scenario-based questions. I'm working things out. Because if you're going to work out on people's investments and the percentages, you should know. So I work everything out. They're, they're literally like sitting there doing this, like nodding. Then he says to me, what's your salary expectation? I, I think he thought I was going to say, well, anything you want to give me. And I said, no. Um, I gave them way above what most people were paying for FPAs. But I did oh, that wow. because... Yeah, I did that because, Vumi, they were picking people who had, um, say, for example, they had prospects, but they hadn't mm. written the exam. And so what they, the banks were doing at the time is they employ you and then they pay for your exam. And look, it's either you, you could either they could either lose or win, because if you don't pass, they've lost their money mm. and employed you. And you were guaranteed. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm, so I said to them, listen, I have taken the pains in the last six months to invest in myself and to educate myself. This wasn't done for me by NatWest. I paid for these courses myself and I passed them. So as I'm seated here, I'm already ready to start working as opposed to whoever you're going to take who hasn't written any of the exams. And you're going to have a problem with the F FSA if you get anybody who hasn't written the exam. Then he goes, okay, your salary. And I said, yes. Plus, I have experience from one of the best banks in the UK, which is mm. NatWest. So they go, all right, Yvonne, thank you so much. Listen, Vumi, I literally stepped out and I thought, I'm always like, let me find something to eat. Then my phone starts ringing. He says, you know what? How soon can you start? This is so, um, Richard Crowder. Yes. Oh my God. That, that was crazy. And Vumi, you should have seen my first day at work. Like I walk into my own office, like the beautiful office for me. And they're saying to me, this is the savings specialist who would book appointments for you. So people can't just walk in and come and see you. How old was I at the time? I had done about two and a half years at NatWest, done a, a few other things um, as part-time, but I was like 23 going to 24 at the time. So you and can imagine the United Kingdom. Exactly. Young black girl, Ghanaian in my office. And you should see the Ghanaians. When they come in and they see me, they're like, she's from my country. She's my sister. Everybody keeps saying she's my sister. I'm like, oh my God, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> but it was amazing. So when I was working in that place, um, because they were transitioning from Abbey National to Santander, we had a lot of trainings. And every single time, we have a training for quality management. Who wants to go? And I put up my hand. They're like, Yvonne, have you not had enough? I'm like, no, I want to go. So, I'll go for training. so mm -hmm. I got trained in areas that honestly had nothing to do with me. But it had a lot to do with the kind of experience the customer would end up getting. And so as I'm interfacing with customers and I'm learning a lot how to smile, I'm reading as well. I thought, hold on, customer service is actually a beautiful thing. 
if you can help an organization just take a 360 turn, I think they would appreciate you because a lot of organizations actually have issues, including the very bank that I was working with, but we were transitioning. So I was writing down Vumi literally every area that we were working on. So if it had to do with the look and feel, which had to do with say the physical building, the edifice, the branding, mm. I'm looking at all that. I'm looking at the processes and procedures, things that they were changing at the time. I'm looking at how they're onboarding people, everything. So, so I you were looking at, you were looking literally at the customer experience from a holistic space before holistic you decided that exactly. that's where you're going to go. Exactly. So I did that and I thought, this is what I actually want to do because most, I, I, and I had a very high retention rate. My clients come, they sign up. I hardly ever have people coming to claw back to say, oh, I don't want the investment. I want to cancel because I don't put pressure on you in as much as I have targets. I want to make sure you're happy. And I'll call mm. my clients on Saturday and ask them, how are you doing? How are you finding the investment? Have you received your letter? How was the child? And I, I had a little book. So if you come in and you're my client, right? And we have a conversation and you say something like, oh, my daughter is actually going to uni, but oh, she wrote an exam. I'm not sure if she's passed or something. I write these things down. So the next time I'm talking to you, I go back and say, oh, by the way, how, how's your daughter doing? Is she, I have results in. And they find it so fascinating, like, how do you even, how did I tell you? I said, you did. And I actually, you know, I'm hoping that everything went well. So actually, it did, Yvonne. Thank you so much for asking. And seeing people's reaction to some of these little things, because for me, this is just a conversation. I haven't done anything extraordinary. Mm. But it's just what it makes them start thinking and feeling for me, you know? And they kept referring people to me. When you go, go to the lady in the last room, just ask for Yvonne. And people come to me and I said, they said, oh, someone referred me. It's Mr. Fenton. I said, Mr. Fenton, Mr. Fenton. Yeah, he's your customer. He really said good things about you. So I thought, no, no, no. I love customer service. And because I used to come down to Ghana as well, I could tell the deficit. You know, you get to Ghana right from the airport. Um, the immigration is like, next, next. I mean, no one's smiling. <laughs> no one's saying anything. They just take your passport, give you the stamp, boom, go. Mm -hmm. So I thought, we have a big problem. Problem in hotels, problem in restaurants, problem with one-man businesses. You know what you're saying? Because when I used to live in London as well, for me, one of the biggest, that was one of the biggest mental shifts is coming yeah. back home to Africa yeah. because yeah. the service levels weren't what we got it's accustomed cool. to in Europe. Because in it's Europe, cool. if the service drops, people just stop uh, patronizing you. That's it. And, and people That's complain. It. You yeah. complain in Europe, it's taken very seriously. Yes. Well, at home, when you complain, it's like, ah, oh, she thinks she's a madame. But who's listening? You know, mm -hmm. and then I, I think it's also because we don't have any regulators here in Africa. When you mm -hmm. go to the UK, you know, for the financial services, they have the financial services ombudsman. And they sit mm -hmm. as an arbiter for any, any issues between the customer and any of the banks. And so even if it's just you, you know, little old Yvonne, mm -hmm. you can still take a big bank on and know that, look, the arbiter, which is the ombudsman, is going to be well, fair. We don't have regulators here in Ghana. And so when you have a problem, it's just you and the organization. And even if you take them to court and they've got more money than you, that's it. They'll crush you. you know, yeah, and so that's why we that we do have the culture of ombudsman. But I don't that's think good. it's as well known to the common man on the street. As it you is know, to me. Some of us will know because we are yeah. in that particular industry. Yeah, exactly. So that's a very exactly. Wait, exactly. So one, 
Yo, I love, I'm loving this conversation. There's something you mentioned earlier about, you know, you'd sign, you put your hand up for training and you'd read a lot. So I'm curious to know, what are your top five best reads um, and why? I have quite a number, but let me see if I can just break it down um, to just a few. So um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh, wow. I was actually watching the movie. Oh, you sure? It's, did, you, did you see the beginning where yes. his mom where his mom just twisted the words of the teacher. Yes. Did you see that? Oh, I use that his mindset. Yes. I use that in my training all the time. I keep saying to them, say the right things to your children. Even mm. when you can see that, look, this child of mine is not doing too well. It's all right. Just say the right things. Say, I, mm. I know you're going to be a bump show. Like, I know so you just, uh, for our listeners who don't know, so in essence, um, Thomas Edison, who's a, one of the well, most well-known inventors, I think the light electricity is due yeah, to him. Yeah. Um, he, he gets sent home, I think in the third grade, uh, with a letter uh, to his mom saying, you know, he is, um, he's got a learning disability, he'll never be, amount to much. The mother reads the letter but tells him that he's a genius and he's too smart for school and yeah. she has to take over his learning because the teachers can't. He's too brilliant. Mm -hmm. So as a little boy, he believes this. And only years later, he sees the letter to actually say that he was mentally unfit for education. So yeah. we talk about the power of words in yeah. how you frame things and what you say and how it can completely change the trajectory yeah. of someone's life. I don't, I, don't, I don't play with that at all. And even my kids, I'm trying to teach them you like my daughter you don't say i can't no immediately she's about to say mommy i can't i'm like hey, hey, hey rephrase your stupid. i mean then she's like ah well it's going to be tough but i will do it and i'm like that's better mm. that you recognize it's going to be tough but you will do it because other people do it too so think and grow rich is, is one of the books that i like attitude is everything by keith harrell which is okay. also a very good book it's it was an eye-opener so it's very similar to what you will read um, in Think and Grow Rich because it, it tells you the power of having the right attitude. Without mm -hmm. that, you really cannot do anything. Um, there's two books, so I don't know if I should just give you one. Um, no, men, give me five books. So. Why Men Love Bitches. I'm sorry, but <laughs> the bitches here doesn't actually sound for like a bitch, right? Why Men yeah. Love Bitches. Vumi, any young lady needs to read this book mm. everybody needs to read so there's two there's why men love bitches and why men marry bitches so it tells you about mm. how sometimes you you know certain people that in your head you're thinking oh they're very straightforward they don't like nonsense you know they don't cater to a man's ego and yet they end up being courted by guys and you're thinking i am the nice one i'm very respectful i'm almost like a doormat to a man but people still take advantage of me. It's because mm -hmm. those women have a certain power. And it, that, that power has nothing to do with their ego. It has a lot to do with them understanding that a lot depends on them and they will survive whether you think they will survive or not. And they are relevant mm -hmm. whether you believe it or not. And they are amazing whether you see it or not, you know? So that, that book mm -hmm. is, is, is an amazing book. So there's two. And then I'll tell you, there's a lady called Florence Sheen. So if you're a spiritual okay. person, you might want to read that book. It's called The Game of Life and How to Live It. Listen, mm -hmm. Fumi, when you read that book, whew, it's an eye-opener. It's an eye-opener. Mm -hmm. And then what she does, she does this very interesting thing where she gives you Bible quotations. So things like, um, if you believe 
okay you can your words can move mountains she would explain mm -hmm. to you what it means so if yeah. you yeah if you believe that one day right you would end up being for me for example africa's customer service thought leader so i will be amongst the best people when you think about customer service if and i believe it it's not like if i do i believe it i have written it on my facebook page a thousand mm. times with so much audacity some people don't get it they're like oh my god yvonne you're so audacious i'm like yeah because i know where i want to go and i believe it yeah me both i also always say i'm africa's number one career coach that's it and i believe and, it and and you mm. you you receive it and you take it mm. and and nothing i mean it's just my place you can't take it i'll tell you mm. why i even came to that conclusion i did a research on top 10 customer service experts in the world and 10 people came up these 10 people were all australians canadians americans and then british not even south africans came in there they were all white then mm. i did top 20 and they were all white then i did top 30 and they were all white and i gave up i wasn't gonna do it anymore so I said, listen, I am going to be the best black. There's a gap in the market. And I'm taking it. I'm not listening to anybody. It's just how I'm going to do it. So that yeah. book, Florence Sheen, like literally opens your mind up to the fact that you can manifest abundance. Because mm. if you're gonna if you're gonna wake up and think that you're up to you're no good, that's exactly what your brain is going to tell your body, and that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be sleeping because you believe you're no good. But if you wake up in the morning and you say to yourself, I desire and I deserve everything that's good. I desire and I deserve a Range Rover. I desire and I deserve a fantastic career. I desire and I deserve mm. a fantastic partner. You will get it because you're mm. going to work towards that. So Florence Sheen, I love that book. Then the last one is The Secret, but it's more of what I want to watch. So I'm sure, you, have you watched The, the Secret? I, I watched this. Um that that is a movie and literally i watched it when i was in university good my entire career has been based on the secret that's it so there's a book so to even it my I, first car was literally on it. my vision board i've that's just changed it. my vision board for the first time in two to three years and purely wow. because i i was reading a book where it said your you, your vision has to scare you so what's on my vision board scares me when i look at it every morning i it's, yeah you have to go because i know when yeah. that manifests it's not just me it's a fulfilling yes. of my calling and god's yes. calling on me because it's so beyond my scope of yes. imagination and feasibility yes, yes. Mm. It, but it, the truth is if it doesn't scare you then it's really, really yeah. It's, it's, yeah it has to scare you it has to scare you last for somewhere in november i i consulted for a company and something that i had said three months ago came to pass and i remember that i was like boom that particular thing, I said to myself, one day I am going to take the salary or the, the money, okay, that people take in three months. In a week, I even said a week. But guess what? They gave me that money in an hour. They gave me that money in an hour. And wow. I could not believe it. And even that, this guy was saying to me, Yvonne, I know we cannot pay you, so this is an honorarium. And when he mentioned the figure, I'm thinking, for an hour? But I didn't say that to him. So that's no, the value. That's the portion. Mm, that's the value you exactly. bring to the table. So I, I believe it's so much that my, my kids are practicing it. Everybody around me is practicing it. <laughs> I know? love this because it shows me how much, you know, you are investing in yourself. And 
you know, we were very fortunate when we met, you know, it was against the backdrop of the beautiful Victoria Falls. Yeah. So I'm curious, yeah. Yvonne, what is your favorite place in the world? Where do you go to know to recharge and recalibrate? Um, I come from Ada. There's a place called Ada, right, in Ghana. And fortunately, um, by the grace of God, my dad has a, a house, or we have our family house, right at the bank of the river, where you've got the different islands. And it's so beautiful. It's like an hour and a half drive. When we go there as a family, I can like, I don't know, I forget about everything. You know, everything, mm -hmm. all the hustle and bustle, your stress. I mean, the, the network sometimes is not good and I'm happy because then I know that I can at least put my phone down a bit and I'm not thinking about work. But when I'm there, it's so serene. And there's this thing I do every morning. I wake up around five and go and sit by the river. Oh my God, Rumi, I tell you, the world is a beautiful place. I sit by the river and it's so cool and calm and the, the river itself. And I, I kept saying, do you know the river talks to you? It's quiet, mm -hmm. but there's this sound, like this very soothing sound. So Adana mm -hmm. is my place to go to. I think it's also because it's, it's accessible to me and we have a house around it. But people do go there a lot, um, even to holiday and stuff. But I think- It's an hour and a half uh, uh, from Accra? Yeah, an hour and a half. You're driving at top speed. <laughs> you get there if you're driving at top speed, an hour and a half. And I'm curious to know, um, who has been your greatest inspiration? This is really, um, usually people would hear stuff like, oh, I mean, a, a big name somewhere. For me, it's my mother. It's my mom. My mom. My mom's been amazing. You know, um, when I wanted to move down to Ghana, a lot of people, like I said, I had the seed and I wanted to plant the seed. I planted the seed halfway, and then I started. I was so excited. I was telling people about it, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's not possible. Customer service in Africa will never change. Please find something else to do." But funnily enough. My mom, without even understanding the concept of service, was with me. And she would drive me wherever we had to go, sometimes two, three hours to go and do free work. And she kept saying to me, it'll be fine, don't worry. And when I was in the UK, a lot of the things I did with my money that now has become an asset for me was off the back of the advice my mom gave me. And my mom is not, you know, one of those people who was like into, into, you know, education and really taking you to the book. But she's one of those common sense women. She would always let you see the light. She will always give you two scenarios. It's this or that. What do you think? And she sets you off to think. So my mm. mom has been, I mean, she's just the one that has inspired me. And she's, she's, she's helped me so much in the sense that apart from telling me and showing support, she's physically also helped me. To, to reach where I am today. So I don't play with my mom, but of course I, there are other people around that inspire you every now and then. But my real fool is, is that woman. It's that oh, woman. I'm, I'm absolutely, I've absolutely enjoyed our conversation. Yes. So in closing our conversation, Yvonne, I'd like you to complete the sentence, okay? Okay. I am a master at? Customer service. Yes. <laughs> I don't have been anything else. <laughs> What I know for sure is time heals all wounds. Time heals all wounds. I know that for sure. My life's work is creating the Ghana Customer Service Index, which is the only uh, measuring or evaluating barometer in Ghana. I think even in Africa, there's none in Africa. We're trying to set another one in Nigeria. 
So that's been my life's work so far. Hmm. Knowing what I know now, I? I would never, ever have doubted myself. Knowing what I know now, mm. that your words, your words are powerful. I would never have even conceptualized anything close to doubt in my head, ever. I am. Um, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am super, super, super engrossed in the power of words. Words mean the world to me. And so I do not in a day even let a negative word out of my mouth. Yeah, that's so powerful. Uh, it reminds <laughs> me of the quote by Dr. Maya Angelou who says, one day we'll be able to weigh the power of words. Yes. They sit on our couches, our sofas, yes. and eventually yes. they get inside of us. Yes. So can yes. I think of a beautiful way to end our conversation? Thank you for your words. Thank you. Of light. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, ladies and gents, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the fabulous Yvonne McCarthy as much as I did. And all I can say is watch your words. And I will see you in the next, um, our next conversation of Career Conversations with William Sweeney.